Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Easter Monday, April the 18th, and my mission as MLA for Cumberland North continues to be rebuilding Cumberland North together with you. We will build on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, servant leadership, honesty, and empowering all people. We will build on the pillars of health care, poverty reduction, caring for our Mother Earth, and entrepreneurship and business. Today is a very solemn day for the people of Nova Scotia and especially the people of Colchester and Cumberland Counties. As today and tomorrow we mark the two-year anniversary of the massacre that started in Portapique and impacted families throughout Cumberland and Colchester and all Nova Scotia and Canada. It is a somber day as we remember the horror of those two days two years ago. The Nova Scotia government is asking everyone to have a moment of silence at both noon today on Monday as well as noon tomorrow on Tuesday. We'll be thinking of the family, all the families involved, of the 22 people that were killed as well as the unborn child. The public inquiry that was requested by families, as you know, is taking place now in Halifax at the Convention Center. It's called the Mass Casualty Commission, and you can watch the presentations at the website masscasualtycommission.ca. It's been very hard listening and watching the witnesses as they give testimony. It's very hard for everyone involved, but we know it's the hardest for the family members and friends of the deceased. Please take some time today and tomorrow to remember those killed by this gunman. Today, Monday, is also Easter Monday, and many people are getting to enjoy a long, well-deserved weekend. I hope that you listening were also able to enjoy some special time with family and friends. Personally, we normally host a big family dinner on Easter, but as would have it for, for us here and probably many of you listening, uh, one of our family members did come down with COVID uh, right before Easter weekend. So we did not have a large family gathering, but just had very small um, intimate family family time. So no large family dinner yet again. We had to cancel our Christmas family dinner because two of my sons had COVID at Christmas. So not sure how you are all feeling, but I know I am so done with COVID. Um, however, even though I feel like I'm done with it, it, it is not done with us. I have no idea how my husband and I have evaded it up to this point, but so far we have, but it is literally all around me in the Nova Scotia legislature. And of course, we're seeing it uh, quite rapid throughout the province of Nova Scotia across the country. And really, uh, if you're watching the numbers around the entire world, once again, Dr. Strang, I believe, has said that he believes we are going through a sixth wave here in Nova Scotia and Canada. So although the incidence of sickness is low, the number of deaths that Nova Scotia has seen in the past week is actually the highest yet. So please continue to protect yourselves and others, especially those that are most vulnerable in our communities. And of course, this is Elizabeth the nurse talking to you. 
and uh, just just be careful just take care of yourselves be wise we all know now what we need to do to try and uh, prevent spread of infection with masking with physical distancing with good hand washing with soap and water as always or the um, sterile wipes COVID updates are available in Nova Scotia only weekly now by Dr. Strang and you can find those releases if you go to the Nova Scotia coronavirus website the Department of Health announced that our province will be providing fourth doses to, of the vaccine, uh, more another booster shot for those that are 70 and older, but the details have not been made available yet. As soon as they are made available, I will be sharing those with you. Also, the Nova Scotia government announced last week they are extending the paid sick leave for those with COVID until May the 7th. There was some pressure put on them by the business community and that announcement was made last week. My work in the Nova Scotia Legislature right now is quite concentrated in budget estimates as well as debating on several new pieces of legislation and amendments to existing legislation. So we're spending long hours in the, in the legislature in Nova, in, here in Nova Scotia and honestly I was so happy to be home with my family for a few days this past weekend. So just a quick review of some of the work that we did last week in the legislature. On last Monday was Law Amendments Committee and then we had daily routine from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. which included four hours of budget estimates. On Monday I recognized one of my favorite people here in, in the town of Amherst, Mr. Ken Embry. And some of you may know Ken. He is a huge volunteer. Uh, he does a lot of work with the fellas which is a singing group men's singing group he also is always helping out at the Amherst Artisan Gallery at the mall and he's just been a huge supporter of, of mine with both of my election campaigns and I recognized him in the legislature on last Monday I also recognized the Amherst Striders Running Club and Mr. Alan Thiel who first started that club for promoting an active lifestyle and supporting their community and each other very very inspiring i did issue a press release last week which highlighted three new pieces of legislation that i tabled last week in the legislature i'll do a quick overview of them with you the first bill that i tabled was an amendment to the emergency 911 act which would require technology upgrades to be pursued so that 911 calls that are made here in Nova Scotia, especially here in Cumberland North along the Northumberland Strait and the town of Amherst, are directed to the right province. I've heard far too many stories about people calling 911 here and have the call picked up by PEI dispatch or New Brunswick dispatch. And the time it takes to transfer the call back to Nova Scotia is wasted precious moments. So I've had constituents contact me about this issue um, several times and I did try to get the previous government to fix it and they were uh, not interested. So I am hoping, hopeful that Minister John Lohr, who is responsible for emergency services, will do so this time. I also tabled a bill um, around the emergency alerts. And that is obviously a very sensitive topic right now, considering the two-year anniversary of the massacre here in the province of Nova Scotia. We've also seen deficiencies in the emergency alert in several other situations, including last year we found out there was an individual who had shot someone in Riverview, New Brunswick, who was hiding here in the town of Amherst. 
and the community was very uh, appalled that they found out after the fact and really um, there should have been an emergency alert here in Nova Scotia in our border community as well as in New Brunswick. We also have had situations where there's emergency alerts in Cape Breton which we receive here in Amherst six hours away but again we're not seeing emergency alerts here in our border community when they're happening right next door in New Brunswick. So the, the legislation that I tabled is asking for emergency alerts to ensure that there is a 250 kilometer radius of alert regardless of interprovincial borders. And the third bill that I tabled last week is regarding the State of Emergency Act. And we all seen here in Nova Scotia that there was two years where our province was under a state of emergency. During that time, there was unilateral decision-making for an entire two years. Uh, many would say that was an abuse of the democratic process. And so my amendment to that legislation is requesting that if there is a desire of government to extend a state of emergency past two weeks, that it must be voted on by all elected MLAs in the province of Nova Scotia, which would reflect a democratic approach. On Tuesday in the legislature, we continued with another four hours of budget estimates into the late night, around 11 o'clock or so, or midnight. And during that time, I was able to speak directly to the Minister of, of Municipal Affairs and Emergency Management around the uh, doubling of the financial capacity grant for municipalities, asking if that was going to continue into this year. I also discussed the process and gaps in service around the emergency alert system. On Tuesday, I also spoke in second reading to the Financial Measures Act and specifically spoke to some of the comments that I'm hearing from people around the proposed non-resident property tax. On Wednesday in the legislature, I recognized Malgash Cidery run by Dr. Sebastian Marguerite and his wife, Brenna. I also brought up Cancer Awareness Month and spoke about the tragic loss of my mother and the worry of one of my sons having cancer at the age of 16 and reminded everyone to never give up on looking for a cure for cancer and making sure that we all do everything we can to prevent cancer as well as make sure we're participating in doing early prevention and screening for early detection of cancer. In question period, I brought up emergency services and that's been a major topic in this spring sitting of the legislature. I stood in question period and asked the Minister of Health about another uh, challenge people, particularly in our area, are facing when calling 911 for immediate help and asked the province to come forward with a plan to address the gaps in 911 services. On Wednesday, it was Opposition Day, and I was really pleased to see the Liberals table a bill around um, francophone and Acadian education and the colleague my my MLA colleague from Clare his name is Ronnie LeBlanc he is the one that tabled this piece of legislation and has been working at quite actively with the Acadian community on this I support this bill and I applaud the work done by him uh, along with all the members of his team I have Acadian heritage many of you listening know that I've spoken about that previously my grandfather Leon Melanson from Spring Hill was a direct descendant of the first Acadian settlers in Port Royal in 1642 and then Beaubassin 30 years later 
And Beaubassin is located, as you know, right here in the mouth of the Bay of Funday and on the Chignecto Isthmus. Of course, we know the Acadian people were expelled from Nova Scotia in 1755 and have known much discrimination and hardship um, over the past couple of decades. Our former member of parliament, Mr. Bill Casey, did a lot of work around Beaubassin and was able to get the federal government to declare Beaubassin a national historic site. Well, I look forward to working with our provincial government, CSAP, and the members of our community to further develop the heritage, history, and culture of our Acadian people, especially here at Beaubassin. And I support improved access to French language in our education system at all levels and in all areas of the province, including Cumberland County. On Thursday, we continued with daily routine member statements and question period. And in question period, I brought up again the deficiencies in emergency health services here in the province of Nova Scotia, and in particular, what we're seeing here in Cumberland County. And I did do a Facebook Live video on Sunday evening about the concerns about lack of availability of ambulances during life-threatening emergency situations here in Cumberland. And if you want to take a listen to that, it's about a 13 minute video, but it is on my Facebook site and it is a very, very serious problem. Our paramedics, our healthcare professionals are working tirelessly and they need help. And our, our most recent provincial budget that was tabled is not showing any significant help or change that is going to improve our emergency medical system. And when I've spoken about this in the legislature this session, I was able to ask questions to our Minister of Health specifically about this and found out that the private company that is contracted to provide emergency services to Nova Scotians, they also are the same company that provide them in New Brunswick, have never paid a penalty for not meeting the performance standards, which is quite shocking to me, considering the huge deficiencies that we're seeing in emergency services. I know of a couple of situations that have just happened this month here in Cumberland County, where family members have given me permission and actually contacted me to ask me to make these situations publicly uh, make the public aware in hopes that improvements will be made. But we had one situation where there was no ambulances in the entire county of Cumberland when someone had a life-threatening uh, emergency. An ambulance had to come from Yannick and unfortunately the person was not able to be revived. And we had another situation recently where somebody called 911 times in the end a police car ended up having to take the the young person to the hospital because an ambulance was not available to come so these problems need to be addressed i'm recommending that the province take over the contract to provide emergency health services work with our paramedics work with our healthcare professionals to find solutions and find them now other legislative work that happened on Thursday was second reading of a few bills as well as a few bills were put through the Committee of the Whole and I do have those bills listed um, on my Facebook site. I will read through them quickly here now. There was a Tourism Bill 154, Public Prosecutors Bill 155 and then in Committee of the Whole House on Bills 
We went through Bill 143, the Boat Harbor Act Bill, 145, Electricity Act, 147, Public Utilities Act, and we did, that's as far as we got due to debate and um, amendments being proposed. So we will continue on with those bills when we get into the legislature on Tuesday. And we have several bills tabled for third reading as well. Most of them are housekeeping bills, not too, too controversial. Of course, the real controversial bill is within the, the uh, Financial Measures Act, which is the bill that um, has all of the information regarding the budget and a lot of controversy around the non-resident uh, new property tax as well as the new deed transfer tax. If you're interested in uh, presenting, Law Amendments is continued on. It was uh, went on most of the day Thursday. It's also starting tomorrow on Tuesday at 9 a.m. And if you're interested in presenting at Law Amendments, you can contact the Ledge Council, which is Gordon Hebb at, uh, here's the phone number, 902-424-8941. Or you can contact him by email. It's gordon.hebb at novascotia.ca. A couple of local things I wanted to make sure everyone was aware of. The YMCA of Cumberland is conducting a needs assessment for child care in the communities around the county. So there is a survey that you can locate on my website as well, or sorry, my Facebook page, as well as by contacting Renee Lusby at the Cumberland YMCA. And the survey closes this Friday, April the 22nd. And please, if you're uh, impacted or have needs of childcare, please consider filling out this survey. It will certainly help the Cumberland YMCA with planning. I also wanted to make sure that everyone listening is aware that the, our government, our province of Nova Scotia government, does offer grants and forgivable loans to low-income households to allow for emergency household repairs, as well as related to health and safety. For example, if someone had, say, if someone had a stroke and or a medical illness that they needed to uh, have a ramp to get into their house, there are... Uh, grants available for that as well. So you can find that information at housingnovascotia.ca and or you can call my office at 902-661-2288 and my assistant Dan will be happy to guide you through that information. I'd like to wish a happy birthday and happy anniversary to anyone that's celebrating this week, including today, Monday the 18th, Tanya Barber, a beautiful woman from the Spring Hill community, as well as Elizabeth Clark from the Gulf Shore area. On Tuesday the 19th, Justina Crowder, one of, uh, one of my daughter's good friends, beautiful young woman, as well as Tanya Hislop. And Tanya is an amazing, amazing uh, woman that just serves our community in so many ways, but especially with our children. So happy birthday to Tanya Hislop as well. And on Wednesday the 20th, Mr. Steve Dobson has a birthday. On Thursday, Raya Donkin, Jill McKenzie, my uncle Dean Melanson, and Corey Pipes. On Friday the 22nd, Reuben McKenzie and Mr. Barry Helm is celebrating. On Saturday, Vicki Downey Hum. So anyone else that has a birthday or anniversary, I wish you a happy celebration. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone that has lost a loved one. And recently, including the family of Evelyn Maine. And I do know there are a few others as well, but the obituaries have not been made public yet. So certainly there's been some tragedy in our communities and I am sending my condolences to all of the families and friends of those lost recently.
As I close off my MLA update today, I want to make you aware of an event that my dear friend and colleague, Millie McLeod, and I have put together. It is called Cumberland Cancer Awareness Day. It's going to be held uh, Saturday, April the 30th. So not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday. We're going to hold it in the inside the Amherst Pharmacy. There is a medical clinic. It's the clinic that I started back in 2002. It was initially called the Amherst Family Health Clinic, but now it is owned by the physicians and it's called Amherst Medical Associates. So Suite 200 on April the 30th, Millie McLeod and I will be holding the Cumberland County Cancer Awareness Day. And we have several other healthcare professionals joining us. We also have the YMCA joining us and we have a couple of cancer survivors joining us. And we're going to make sure there's information there that can help you and your loved ones to learn more about how to prevent cancer as well as how to detect it early if you were to develop cancer, such as a change in a mole or a new lump. So we're going to have information there on breast cancer, lung cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, melanoma, as well as other cancers. So please join us. It's going to start at 10 o'clock and it will go till 3, 3 p.m. on Saturday, April the 30th. And if you're interested in booking a pap smear, which is of course uh, one of the screening tools for cervical cancer, you can do so by calling the clinic and the one of our nurses is going to be performing those pap smears and you can call the clinic at 902-667-3330 and you do not have to be a patient so any woman in the community can book a pap smear on that day and uh, we do need to book appointments so that we have all the paperwork ready and one of the secretaries can go through the questions with you on the phone to make sure that um, that it is appropriate for you to have a pap smear at this time. So again, it's 902-667-3330. And if we book up and uh, we have more demand than what we have time for that day, then we will schedule another one, okay? So look forward to seeing everyone on April the 30th for Cumberland Cancer Awareness Day. Have a great week, everyone. I'd like to thank Mr. Ron Bickle, and CFTA 107.9 for providing me with this opportunity to provide you with my weekly constituency update for the most incredible constituency in Nova Scotia, Cumberland North. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Take care of yourselves and take care of others.